Grant, O Lord, that thy word only may be spoken, and thy word only may be received. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, beloved in the Lord, we find ourselves together on this second Sunday in Advent, and it's good to see you all here. Um, The Sundays in Advent are uh, a strange phenomenon, in in the South at least. Uh, Most people, for most people, the season of Christmas starts uh, with Black Friday and ends on on Christmas morning, but uh, it is not so for us. Uh, So a little explanation of Advent. Advent is a season that encompasses the four Sundays before Christmas Day and all the weekdays thereof. Uh, Advent is a season of preparation. It's a penitential season, a little like Lent, uh, where we are asked to prepare ourselves for Jesus' second coming, when he returns to judge the living and the dead, and to also prepare ourselves to remember his birth, Christmas Day. So the church asks us to do uh, some things we're very good at and some things we're not so good at, like uh, fasting, (laughs) which is... uh, Fasting and abstaining from things uh, in in Laurel, Mississippi during uh, this holiday season is almost impossible, but uh, some of us give it our best effort. Uh, We are also asked to increase uh, devotions and prayers to help prepare ourselves, to help come closer to the Lord. Um, And so that's why we have things like Advent lessons and carols, which we will have this evening at 6 p.m., which will sound a little different. It's not Christmas carols, but it's uh, a remembrance of our salvation. It starts all the way with Genesis in the man in the beginning, God created man and woman. And it stops right at the birth of Jesus. It, it recalls to us what Christmas is about, how we were created by God, how we fell, how we were called to repentance, and how Jesus, I mean, how God sent his son to us. That comes up tonight. We also have, are, are asked to increase acts of charity and kindness. Uh, which we do through things like the Advent Giving Tree, where there's still a few families left on there. We're asked, uh, you'll see our our youth groups, uh, they'll go out and they'll work at the soup kitchen and visit people. And we generally increase our awareness and our activity in helping others. So that's what what Advent is about. And you hear readings uh, during Advent that are are not very Christmassy. They sound more like uh, warnings about the end of the world. And... And, and they are. So uh, if you're new to that, um, welcome. It's a, a sort of striking contrast between the world around us. But when I was uh, reflecting on these readings this week, uh, I couldn't help but think about uh, an encounter I had with, with, with no one who lives in this area, but uh, it was a young university student, um, and she had uh, taken the money her parents had given her for, for, for university, and she had taken all the money she could uh, that, that could be borrowed uh, and she misspent it. She spent uh, the money not, not on food or tuition or books but one on a car, uh, a nitro car and then two she spent uh, her money on clothing and on uh, accessories that go with that uh, and she came into my office desperate She'd taken all her parents' money and spent it. She'd taken all the money she could borrow and spent it. On things, and this was what was really, truly heartbreaking to me. She spent the money 
on things that she thought, believed, were needs, needs, that she needed these things to live. She really and truly did. I honestly believe she did. She was in a state of despair and heartbreak I have not seen. And for the first time in my ministry, I sort of had to pull out the Bible and say, well, here is what needs look like. Food, clothing, not designer clothing, but food, clothing to keep the elements off of you and keep you warm, shelter. Those, those are needs. A handbag with a certain stamp or emblem on it is a luxury, not a need. A car that, that looks a certain way, not, that's a luxury, not a need. But she had looked around the world, had been um, so in the world that the world convinced her that those things were needs. Certain clothing, certain cars. So much so that she went into desperation. And I was so heartbroken. I called a very dear, sort of my brother, uh, my brother by another mother, as it were, I guess. But my best friend, um, and he's a psychotherapist. Um, and I called him to, to share some of that. There are very few people I get to share things with. And I just told him how heartbroken I was that this young lady uh, was in such desperate shape because of, of what she believed to be needs. And I asked him, uh, he works for, for the state mental health agency. Uh, in his day, I'm lucky. I'm very lucky. I get to love a parish family, and sure, I deal with bad things, but I also go see births. I rejoice with people in celebrations, mourn with them in passings, but I get to see the good and the bad. My friend sees only the bad. People come to him when they are at the bottom. People come to them to him when they hit the bottom again. People come to him when they hit the bottom for the 15th time. His job is sort of hopeless very difficult. And I asked him, I was like, how do you make it through the day? And he said to me, every day he gets up after he says his prayers, he says this. He looks around and he says, this is not normal. And he has to remind himself every morning that the world around him is not normal. This is not how it is supposed to be. So he starts his day every day like that. And his words, this is not normal, could just have well have been written by St. Peter in his letter this morning. St. Peter is addressing a dispersed uh, Christianity throughout uh, what we would call Turkey, Asia, that, that area. Uh, and these are Christians who are mostly Gentile. They have no history of Israel. Uh, they're, they're Gentile Christians who are facing persecution. We're right about the time of Nero. Things for Christians are bad. Some of uh, their friends and family members are being killed for being Christians. Being Christians is affecting their businesses and their social life. It's affecting every aspect of who they are and what they do and what they're about. Um, and there's also antagonism. People are starting to ask the question since they're under such duress. Why are things the way they are? Why are things the way they are? Why does God allow this to go on? How could God allow this to go on? And there are people, uh, pagans, who are making fun of them. You know, the God you worship is no God at all. That he would allow this to go on. That he wouldn't stop this. That he wouldn't return. 
They're even having discussions within the community about this sort of things, uh, about what is normal. Um, and then Peter's time, I promise you, things were, were, were just, in a lot of ways, like today. You know, today we have all-you-can-eat uh, buffets. Uh, they went one step further. They had uh, all-you-can-eat, all-you-can-eat. They had vomitoriums where you could all-you-can-eat one time and then return and return. Uh, they lived life uh, to the fullest in, 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 in many senses, uh, wrong senses, distorted senses, but, but they did. And so they asked the question. You, you know, they were asking the question, why does God allow this? And Peter answers in a very striking way. It's still hard to digest today, but it, it's, it is the truth. That, first of all, he says, well, you, you don't understand God. We cannot understand God. God is, with, is outside the bounds of time and history and space and works in ways we don't know. Second, every single day we have is a gift from God to be used for our repentance and to be used to make us whole. Peter recalls that the Lord gave Adam, Adam's life after the fall was a thousand years. It was given to Adam in hopes that he would repent. So Peter tells the Christians, dispersed, persecuted, what you see around you is not normal. What these people that are doing around you is not normal. This is not how life should be. Life should be lived to God. You should be people who are filled with love, who are filled with mercy, who are filled with forgiveness. You should be people who emanate Jesus Christ in every move and in every action. You should be people who view every day not as a curse or as a sign of a weak God, but every day is a gift from God that allows you to repent and allows you to practice forgiveness, that allows you to love one another, that allows you to forgive one another, that allows you to become holy. That's the message Peter gave. And that's the message of Advent. As we wait to rejoice in the birth of our Savior on Christmas morning, we wait Jesus Christ's returning. These are not symbols of a God who is weak or a God who is uncaring. This is time we are given to love one another, to forgive one another, to turn away from those things that do us harm and towards things that do us good. This is time we are given that every day we too can wake up and say, what is around us is not normal. This is not how it's supposed to be. Let us not be fooled. Instead, brothers and sisters, let us wake up every morning and thank God for the gift that we have, that we are able to love one another and let us love. That we are able to forgive one another and let us forgive. That we are able to be charitable and merciful and let us be charitable and merciful. And most of all, let us do our best every single day to let the light and the love and the joy and the peace of Jesus Christ emanate through our bodies. Because what you see around you in the world is not normal. And now, as much as ever, the world needs the light of Christ. So let us, brothers and sisters, be that light. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.